Amen. You can be seated and if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15. We will be looking at one verse today. That one verse is found there in Proverbs 15 and verse 3. But before we get to that verse, I want to talk to you about a statement that I heard a long time ago, and then I want to in English, and then I want to talk to you about a statement that I heard in Latin, and I want us to see the importance of these statements. But a long time ago, I had a football coach who made this statement. He said that you are who you are when you're all by yourself. When no one's watching, that's really who you are. We know throughout the course of history that statement has been repeated and adapted and tweaked in different areas to say seemingly the same thing over and over. And it's a great statement. That you are what you really are when no one is looking. But as great a statement as, as that is to rake, wake us up to the reality that there is nothing really hidden, I want to give you another statement today uh, from a biblical perspective. Because from a biblical perspective, we know this. We know that we are never alone. That there is never anything that we do or say that is ever in secret. There is nothing that we can hide from an all-knowing, perfect, sovereign God. Nothing at all in all creation can be hidden from Him. In fact, in looking at that and in, and in clarifying that for you today, I'm going to jump out on a limb and risk some of you turning your ears off to me this morning. Because a lot of times when you say the word Latin, people say, oh, I'm not interested. But I want you for just a moment to stay interested so that I can give you two words in Latin that make up a phrase that's going to hopefully change your life forever. The believer, I hope and pray that it changes your life and the way that you live it before God. But for the unbeliever, I pray today that it is used by God to awaken you to the fact that you have defiled a holy God and that you are in need of redemption through the only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That Latin term is this. It is a Latin term, Coram Deo. Corum Deo, you write that down, that is C-O-R-A-M, Deo, which means God. In this Latin term, have I lost you yet? Y'all still with me? That's all the Latin you're getting today. You made it. It is a Latin term that we see even way back in the Vulgate, the Latin Vulgate, we see that this term, Corum Deo, means this. It means before the face of God. Or a better translation for you to understand today is in the presence or in the view of God. And this term was used by past theologians and reformers and the forefathers of the faith throughout church history to remind us and to describe for us the fact of the biblical principle that God is ever-present. We know this is His omnipresence. We've talked about this before. And that He is also all-knowing. This is His omniscience. And the term Coram Deo was used to remind Christians that when we live our lives, we live our lives for an audience of one. And that we are never alone and that He sees everything that we do and everything that we say and everything that we partake in. And the forefathers in the faith would use this in the sanctification process to remind them of those truths. However, I want us to see today that the truth of Coram Deo is not just for the believer to nudge them along in sanctification as we grasp this principle. The truth of Coram Deo can also be for the unbeliever. The fact that if you're here today, 
And you are an unbeliever in your sin and in your unbelief still. There is a God in heaven who knows that. He knows exactly where you are. He knows every wrong deed that you have ever done. He knows every wrong word that you have ever spoken. He knows every evil thought that permeates your depraved mind. Yet, even then, even then, He still saw fit to send His only begotten Son to this earth to die for sinners so that they could be saved and so that they could be atoned for in regard to to their sin. And so as we talk about this term, again, don't get lost in the Latin. But get excited about the God who we serve. Or for the unbeliever, don't get lost in the Latin this morning. But be broken by the hand of God who knows all and sees all, yet still, He loves you in spite of you. And this very day, because of that love, He might draw you out of darkness and into light to receive His glorious salvation that Jesus Christ paid for you to have on a cross 2,000 years ago. And so we see in Proverbs chapter 15 in this one verse, and we can see many others throughout Scripture, the principle and the truth of Coram Deo. He says this in verse 3 of chapter 15. Many people think if a preacher starts with one verse that it's going to be a short sermon. I can't guarantee you that this morning. Because you know usually we will take a whole text and we will give an exposition of that whole text. We are going to take one verse and we are going to give an exposition of that one verse in light of the entirety of the Scriptures this morning. But this one verse says this. It says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. If I give you one more theological term, you promise not to go to sleep. That is an anthropomorphism. What that means is, in Scripture, God has inspired the writer of this proverb to put this down in a way so that humans can understand it. We know that God doesn't have two eyeballs like us. Those eyeballs are not on this earth. He's giving you a picture so you can understand. And you can understand through that anthropomorphism this. We see with our eyes. And so whatever we see with our eyes, that is visible to us. And what the writer here in Proverbs is teaching us that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere is this. The Lord doesn't miss anything. And His eyes are everywhere because He's always present. And His eyes are everywhere because He knows all and He sees all. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Many of us as believers, we think that He's only just watching the wicked, right? And He's up, oh, He messed up again. Oh, Kurt blew it again. Check, check that off. Store that away for later judgment. But it says also that his eyes are upon the good. We can look at that with some clarity and say this, his eyes are upon the sinners and his eyes are also upon the righteous, the wicked and the good. And so as we look at this, we see the truth of Coram Deo jump off the pages. In this one small verse, I want us to see this morning three principles. Uh, the truth of Coram Deo, the tragedy of Coram Deo, and the treatment of Cormdale. The truth of Cormdale, that it is a scriptural principle that you cannot erase. The tragedy of Cormdale, it's a principle that many people spend their whole lives, even as believers, ignoring this principle. But even unbelievers who ignore the principle of the fact that God is all around us. He can be seen in the creation that is around us. We can walk out on this beautiful day. I know this, when spring sprung, someone told those flowers when to bud. And I believe this, according to Scripture, was a sovereign God. 
I know when I saw the first little red-breasted robin migrate back here to where he's wintering, I knew this, that there was a sovereign God who told him to do so. Every year when duck season comes, I know that there is a migration of waterfowl. Why? Because God says it's about to get cold here in Canada. You boys need to move on south. He's been doing it since creation. He is sovereign and in control of everything. He's evident if we will just look at the things around us, and I'll talk to you more about that and what Paul says in Romans concerning that in just a moment. But the tragedy of Coram Deo is that many deny the truth of the fact that we are living life before the face of God in view of His presence. And then I want us to see the treatment of Coram Deo. How are you treating this truth? How are you living by this truth or not living by this truth? And what it ought to do in your life today in regard to the believer and to the unbeliever. So let's look first at the truth of Coram Deo. The truth of life in the presence and view of God. All of us, every single one of you under the sound of my voice, every single person who might be out in the foyer, the security guards who are up top, everyone who can hear what I'm saying right now and those who cannot hear what I'm saying, every one of us, lives our lives in the presence and the view of God. Nothing is hidden from His eyes, neither wicked nor good. Both are subject to this truth. Both the wicked and the righteous are subject to the truth of Coram Deo. As confirmed in God's Word, this truth exists. In the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4 says this, verse 13, it says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. There's nothing in creation that He does not see. Nothing that is hidden from Him. The New Testament confirms it. The Old Testament in Psalm 139, if you've ever read the 139th Psalm, you see His omniscience. You see His omnipresence. You see them very clearly in what the psalmist penned in Psalm 139. And I want us to look at that because the Old Testament as well as the New Testament confirms the truth of Coram Deo. And these truths, these principles or attributes of God that we see in this text are what allows Coram Deo to be. Let's look first at the last verses there in 139 that we're going to look at today, which is 7 through 10. I want to read those together and then we're going to come back and read 1 through 6. Because I want to look at His omnipresence and then I want to look at His omniscience. Psalm 139, verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? The psalmist is going to start with rhetorical questions. Where can I go from your spirit? Rhetorical question deserves the answer. Nowhere. Where can I flee from your presence? You cannot. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the moon, or the sea, excuse me, even there, your hand will guide me. Your hand will hold me fast. No matter where I find myself, the far side of the sea, the depths of the ocean, hell itself, nowhere will I ever be able to flee from the presence of God. The far side of the sea. Now, we know this, that the psalmist writing this would have looked at nature as he was out keeping the flocks by day and by night, he would have looked at nature. 
And he would have thought of the far side of things, the far side of the sea, or the far side of the moon, or the far side of the sun. The farthest things that he could even imagine, he says this, you're there. You're there. The depths of the ocean, at the very bottom, which we know not of, he says, you're there. He talked about the omnipresence of God, and if we're going to understand Coram Deo, it starts with the omnipresence of God, that He is everywhere, ever-present. Now, I know this. You can't wrap your brain around that. And that's okay. Because if you're like me, your brain is way too small to wrap around that truth. Because we understand just basic presence that I am where I am. However, God is, I am. He is ever-present everywhere, all at the, uh, the same time, never to be unpresent. Uh, we see in the charismatic circles, many people uh, come into a church service and they try to drum up the presence of God. I want to help you out. Before I got here this morning, He was here. When I was driving here this morning, He was here. When I woke up, He was there in my house. He is ever present. I don't have to drum up the presence of God. I have to recognize the presence of God. Now we know this. We know that, that when we talk about Coram Deo, we're talking about His omnipresence. It's an attribute that allows this to be possible. That He is everywhere all at the same time. I promise you this, if you understand that one part of Coram Deo, it's going to change the way you live your Christian life. But we see there's another part. His omniscience. Not only is He ever present, He's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. Psalm 139. Again, we go back to the first six verses. And it says this, O Lord, You have searched me and You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Meaning this, You know what I'm going to think before I ever think it. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. The ways that you acknowledge and the ways that you don't acknowledge. The things that you are open about and the things that you try to hide behind closed doors. He knows. He goes on and he says this, Before a word is spoken on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Before you tell that joke or before you spew that obscenity, He knows. You hem me in behind and before you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too lofty for me to attain. The psalmist says here, I'm trying to figure all this out and you've shown me so much, but even in what you have shown me, I still know so little. I still know so little in, in regard to the fact that you know everything and that you see everything. However, I'm going to embrace the truth that both of those are true and I'm going to live my life quorum Deo in the view and in the face and in the presence of God. I am going to see the importance of that truth. So we see the truth of quorum Deo. The psalmist knew it. He says again in verse 16 of, 100, of the 139th Psalm, he says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't it amazing that we're living out an already written story that was written by an all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God. Before I lived my first day, He already wrote the book of my life. Coram Deo. And I live it before His face. I live it in His presence. The truth of Coram Deo. I told you we were going to talk not only about the truth of Coram Deo, but the tragedy of Coram Deo. Here's the tragedy of this truth known as Coram Deo. 
that many neglect to recognize that their whole life is lived in the presence and view of God and that they will give an account to God for how they live their lives. Oh, we know in the modern secular humanism that we see, the fact that man is going to give an account for God is being account to God for their sin is being erased right before our very eyes. There's no more judgment. There's no more wrath. There's no more hell. We've just taken those things and we have erased them from Scripture. However, that's not the case. Truth be told, it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. We will all give an account for the lives that we live on this earth. In fact, Romans chapter 14, verse 12, the Apostle Paul says it just like this. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. You will answer for the things that are seen that you are thinking or assuming are unseen. You will give an account to God. And the tragedy of Coram Deo, as we look at this truth, the tragedy of it is it's completely denied by unbelievers. They deny the fact that they are going to stand before a holy God. And they will be judged for every single action and every single sin that they have ever committed in violation of God's law. Romans chapter 1 tells us this. You men who were there on Thursday nights in our verse-by-verse study through Romans and that epistle that Paul wrote to them, you have learned this. You have learned that men are without excuse when it comes to God. That you can look at the things around you. Watch what he says here. He says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. There's a tragedy in regard to Coram Deo, and that tragedy is this, that unbelievers are denying the fact that God has revealed Himself in creation, and in the things all around them. We just sang a song about how beautiful He is. That song went along something along these lines, that He's beautiful because I see Him in creation, I see Him in the daytime, I see Him in the nighttime. But He's also beautiful because I see Him at the cross, hanging on a tree where He bled and He died, and He rose again for me. He's beautiful. And the unbeliever neglects to see the beauty of God because they would rather have their depravity. That's what Romans continues to tell us if we continue to read chapter 1. And these men are without excuse. They're the denying unbelievers who deny the truth that they are living a life before God. They discredit God completely. Never acknowledging God or even His eternal presence or His divinity that is seen before them at every turn. We can walk outside today on a beautiful day. And what an example. If you can walk outside today, you will consciously have to make a decision that you are going to actively deny what is obvious. This didn't just happen, as many secular thinkers would say. No, God created all of this, and He created all of this to reveal who He is. But there are many people in regard to the fact that they are living their life before a holy God. There are many people who still actively discredit that holy God. Psalm 53, 1 says this, that the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. And these people reveal that they are literally fools upon this earth, denying the existence of their Creator who has made Himself so obvious and who is present and who is active in their lives whether they realize it or not. Did you know this? 
He is the Savior of all men. Now, He will save some for eternity, but let me tell you this. Some of you who are wicked and in your sin and in your unbelief, you're being saved right now only because of His grace and His mercy because you deserve death and hell and judgment. And you're not there yet. And that confirms to me that this ever-present God is actually saving you, buying you time that you might repent and turn to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Though that be temporary saving, He is saving you until that appointed time. Be thankful for that. When you hear His voice today, do not harden your heart. Repent of your sin and turn to Jesus Christ. We see the tragedy of Coram Deo is the tragedy of the fact that it is denied by these unbelievers. As I once was an unbeliever, discrediting God completely. And then, denying my own depravity. Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just like everyone else. I'm just human. However, we know this. That's not the case. There is a holy God who is constantly revealing to us that we are sinners and we are in need of a holy God to save us. Those who are opposed to Coram Deo or who do not acknowledge Coram Deo are in a tragic situation. Not only have they denied and discredited their Creator, they have denied and discredited their problem that they are sinners who have been cut off from a holy God. And the easiest thing to do, right? Instead of admitting our sin, and admitting our need for a Savior, the easiest thing to do is just to deny His existence completely, and then we don't have to worry about it. We can live any way that we want to live. But the fact is, you thinking that you can live any way that you want to live does not change the fact that you are living your life, Coram Deo, whether you acknowledge it or not. God is watching, and He is seeing. And so we see this, that these deniers, these unbelievers, again, are in a tragic place. They dissolve Christ's sacrifice next, right? Discredit God completely, deny your depravity, and then dissolve Christ's sacrifice. There's no need for a sacrifice if we don't sin and if there is no God. And so then we deny the existence and the importance of Jesus Christ Himself, the One who came to save lost sinners, of which I was the worst. And so these unbelievers, the tragedy of their failure to recognize Coram Deo, they dissolve Christ's sacrifice completely, never acknowledging their need for redemption or atonement. What a sad place that is. What a sad place that is when one is given over to their depraved mind. What a sad place that is when one is passed by because of their depravity and sin and wickedness and does not acknowledge the truth of Coram Deo. There is an all-knowing, ever-present God who sovereignly reigns over all things. We see the tragedy of Coram Deo first is tragic because it's denied by unbelievers. Secondly, not only is Coram Deo denied by the unbeliever, it's downplayed by believers. Here's the second tragedy of Coram Deo downplayed by believers, right? It's not that important that we recognize God's presence constantly in our life. It's not that important that we recognize that God knows everything and sees everything. Because I'm telling you this, believers, listen to me. He knows everything and He sees everything. You're not fooling Him. Unbelievers, listen to me. He knows everything and He sees everything. You are not fooling Him. But there are believers themselves, or so-called believers, who downplay they downplay life in the presence and view of God. They downplay Coram Dio by ignoring the blatant truth. 
These believers think they can keep secrets from God, abuse His grace, indulge in their flesh, and never face any consequences for it. Can I help you? You can fool me. You can fool all the people in this room. You can look to your right, look to your left, look before you, look behind you. You can fool all those people. But I can guarantee you this, you will not fool a God who you are living your life in the face of. He sees all and He knows all and He is ever-present. Many believers in our time are downplaying the principle of Coram Deo. Because the principle of Coram Deo does something that we don't like in our society. And here's what it does. It demands holiness. It demands holiness. Be holy, for the Lord your God is, say it with me church, holy. Now I want to remind you, that was written in the Old Testament before He gave the law. But it was also written in the New Testament after Jesus fulfilled the law. And because Jesus fulfilled the law, you through His Spirit are now able to live a life of holiness before God and before man. We must understand Coram Deo to live that life and stop downplaying it as many so-called believers do. Psalm 90 verse 8 says this about those who think that they can somehow hide something from God. You have set our iniquities before you. Our secret sins in the light of your presence. If he's ever present and he's all knowing, is there anything that you can hide from him? Hey, watch this. I don't care how many times you erase it on your history, on your device. He's already seen it and he already knows about it and he already has concluded through the Holy Spirit in you with conviction that it is not something that belongs in the life of a believer. It may be something that you do in darkness or in secret. Please know this. There is nothing that you do in darkness and secret that God does not see and already know about. You can't hide it from Him, Christian. The best thing to do in that situation is to confess it and to repent knowing this, that if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We hold on to sin because we somehow think that maybe God didn't see it. Let me tell you this. He was right there when it happened. He saw every bit of it. Why? Because his eyes are upon the wicked and the good. He's keeping watch over both. So we see the tragedy of Coram Deo that it's downplayed by believers, that it's denied by unbelievers. Why do believers downplay it? Well, believers, for some reason, I don't know in modern history, like to deny blatant truth. The blatant truth is this. Coram Deo is seen all over Scripture. We've read about it already. The few scriptures that we've looked at this morning, that you are living your life before the face of God, and that needs to be a serious thing. To know that everything you do and everything that you say is in His presence. Boy, wouldn't your life change quickly? Oh, but we don't want change, preacher. We want you to tickle our ears so that we feel good. I'm here to tell you this God wants change. In fact, He sent His only begotten Son to this earth to die for you so that He could raise up a holy people, a holy and royal priesthood, a chosen nation for His glory. If you're living for His glory, I promise you this, you're living for His holiness. You're living in Coram Deo. Some people are immature in their faith and they like that, don't they? They like that. Christianity, right? The only place that we can be mediocre on all the earth. If you lived... Or if you worked at your job like you live your Christian life, most of us would be fired today. But no, you live 
your Christian life in mediocrity, but you work your work and your career with all the energy that you have because you value money more than you value Christ. What a sad day it is in Christianity that we as Christians downplay the truth of Coram Deo. We downplay the truth that everything we do is not hidden from God. Everything that we do is visible and before you ever did it, He knew. Because we're immature in our faith, we downplay this. And thirdly, the Christians in our world today, they inadvertently ignore this truth. Right? Because they just don't know about it. It's just not thought to be important. Right? Because when we talk about things like a Latin term, or we say omniscience, or omnipresence, a lot of times what Christians do, you do this. And I have no idea why. Those terms make me hungry. I want to know more. What does this mean for me? Why did, the, why did the fathers in the past in Christianity, why was this important to them? Because if it was important to them, it ought to be important to us. And then when I see it in Scripture, it becomes that more important because it's important to God. Why is it not important to us? Why is it not important to the church in America right now in 2021? Why is Coram Deo not important? Well, I just don't like all those big terms. Why? Because you don't want to put any effort into learning anything and growing in the faith. That's why. You've been spoon-fed long enough. That's what Paul told the church. You should be eating meat, but you're still drinking milk. You should be teachers, but you're still acting like children. Isn't that a rebuke to the American church? We have settled for immaturity. And I promise you this, if you practice Coram Deo, you can't settle for immaturity because you realize God is ever-present and He is leading you and guiding you into Christian growth for His glory. <clears throat> you see the tragedy of Coram Deo. Denied by unbelievers, downplayed by believers. We see the treatment of Coram Deo. What are we, we going to do with this? How do we... Put this truth into action. What is this going to do in our life? How should we treat Coram Deo? What should be the outcome? What should we recognize? We should ask these questions, especially those of us who are believers here today, right? How, how does this affect my Christian life? I'll help you. Number one, it should cause us to walk in obedience to God's Word consistently instead of conveniently. To walk in obedience to God's Word consistently instead of conveniently. We all like to walk in the obedience to God's Word when other people are watching, but is it good enough that He's watching all the time and knowing all the time the heart behind everything that you do? Because the true test of your Christian faith is are you living your life Coram Deo? Are you living your life in the presence and view of God. Is that what is important to you? It should cause you to walk in obedience to God's Word consistently. Knowing that we are living our life in the presence and in the view of God should move us toward obedience and toward that progressive righteousness that Jesus Christ died for us to have and that the Holy Spirit indwelling us empowers us to have. It should be a key the progressive sanctification that is going on in your life, to know that He is right here. You think about that. In everything you do and everything that you say, man, how would your Christian life change if in everything you do and everything that you say, you say God is listening. God is seeing. God is present. 
I venture to say this, if we really got that this morning, there would be people on their face at this altar repenting and confessing sin. Lord, forgive me that I have drug you into these things. Because those are not the things that you redeemed me by your precious blood to enjoy. Lord, lead me into the things that bring you glory, the things that are righteous for your name's sake. Let me leave the things that are evil, that belong to my flesh. Oh, wouldn't Coram Deo cause us to walk in obedience to God's Word consistently? Next, it'll do this. As we look at the treatment of Coram Deo, how do we treat this truth? It should cause us to preach God's Gospel on all occasions. Right? Even when it's inconvenient for you. You know, you want to share the Gospel with that co-worker, but you just don't have enough, what do we say, time. What an insult to an all-knowing, ever-present God that you think that He didn't create enough time. He created enough time, I assure you, 24 hours in every day. And if you're a believer here, it's 24 hours in every day for His glory. Coram Deo will remind you that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a week, 365 days a year, you live in the presence and in the knowledge of God. Live like you really believe that. Won't you if you understand that principle? Won't your life change before your very eyes as you submit to the Holy Spirit who is leading you, I promise you, He is leading you to obey the Word of God toward an ever-present, all-knowing God, and He is leading you to preach God's Gospel to the lost. We were living Coram Deo, and the Great Commission would take a whole new twist, wouldn't it? It would no longer be the Great Omission. Right, because we think we can get away without making disciples because maybe God just doesn't know. He knows. He knows this. He knows that the church is not doing what the church was left here to do. He knows that. He knows this. He knows that Jesus' last request on this earth, His last command to the church, is not being taken seriously. They think Jesus went back to heaven and as long as I get there, everything's going to be okay. Matthew chapter 28, we know this. We know that's not what Jesus told us to do. Watch what He says. Jesus is going to give a command and you know what He's going to do at the end of the command? He's going to say, Coram Deo. Watch this. He says this, Matthew chapter 28, the great commission that we have forgotten is our duty as Christians. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now we always look at that and we say, oh, that's comfort. That's not comfort, that's a reminder of Coram Deo. He says, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them everything that I have commanded you to obey. And remember, here's some motivation for obedience. I am always with you. Well, Peter understood Coram Deo, didn't he? Oh, he got a big lesson on it. When he thought Jesus went to the cross and no one saw what he was doing, he denied Jesus to a little girl thinking no one would ever know about it, forgetting that Jesus already told him that it was going to happen. But did you know this? That same Peter, once he grasped the concept of Coram Deo, that he's living his life in the face of God, he lived his life faithfully in the presence of God even to His cross where He was crucified upside down for the glory of God. He says, God sees me, therefore I will live for Him in all that I do, and I will even die for Him for His glory. 
Well, he understood Coram Deo. He didn't treat it with disdain or disrespect. No, he understood the Great Commission and Coram Deo following the Great Commission. Remember, I'm always with you. I'm always with you. You know when it was inconvenient for Peter to preach the Gospel? He remembered those words of Jesus. I'm always here. I'm always with you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I am always there. And when his flesh did not want to share the Gospel for fear that it might even cost him his life, the Spirit overwhelmed him with the doctrine here of Coram Deo. And he said this. He said, God is with me. Therefore, I am going to preach the Gospel as I've been commanded to do. And I'm going to make disciples even if it costs me my life. And he did. We're here today because of such faith. We're here today because men grasped the principle of Coram Deo and they did not treat it irreverently. They realized that it is a biblical truth. They lived out that biblical truth that should cause us to preach God's Gospel on all occasions. Because you know what? When you pass by that sinner who is in need of the Gospel and you don't care or you don't have time, you don't care if he goes to hell and you don't have time to give to that lost soul. Remember this. I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm saying this because it's true. God sees it and He knows about it. Coram Deo should cause us to preach the Gospel like never before. To the hurting and to the lost. Why? Because that's what He's commissioned us to do as believers. But that's your job, preacher. No, that's our job, church. Our job. Preach the good news, the euangelion, the Gospel of Jesus Christ to all those who need to hear the news. It should cause us, thirdly, as we look at the treatment of Coram Deo, it should cause us to live for God's glory in all that we do. Oh, think about Coram Deo if we really got it. Live for God's glory in all that we do. Moms, raising your children will now be for the glory of God. Dads, that job you hate that God has graciously given you, it'll give you encouragement to go out every day and to work hard as unto the Lord to bring Him glory. Children, it will bring you great honor to know that you're glorifying God by obeying your parents according to the Word of God. Oh, and we understand as believers, Coram Deo causes us to do everything for the glory of God. Why? Because we realize there is an audience always. He is the only audience that really matters, isn't He? He is the only audience that we will ever give an account for, both the sinners and the saints. The sinners will account for their sin. The saints will account for their works or the lack thereof as believers on this earth. She will give an account either way. Are you living your life recognizing Coram Deo? So what should an understanding of this do for us, preacher? Where, where does this apply to our lives? Are you ready for that? I know that's what you're waiting for. Besides you being able to leave here and to share a pretty cool Latin term with all your friends and sound really smart, Today I want to provide for you some application to this. And I want you to hear this. And I'll tell you this, this is the most important part of everything that I have told you today. If you're listening to me right now, keep listening. If you haven't been listening to me for the last 15 minutes, please turn your ears on right now. Listen to what I have to say. What should an understanding of Coram Deo bring to those who see its truth? What should it do for us? To the unbeliever, listen to me. 
The one who is here who is lost in his sin and lost in his unbelief. Great conviction should arise in your heart this very moment. Great conviction of the fact that knowing that there is a God who is present and who has seen and continues to see all of your sin, your wickedness, your unbelief, your cursing, your blasphemy. Watch this. Yet He still desires that you be saved and forgiven this very day in Jesus Christ for all the wicked and all the wrong that you have done. All for the unbeliever, see Coram Deo as your excuse to bend your knee, to repent of your sin, to turn to Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and to be washed and cleansed of all wickedness and defilement that you might be presentable to a holy God. The unbeliever, Coram Deo, causes you to realize He sees it all. He knows it all. Scripture still says that He desires to lavish His love and His mercy upon you right now in the midst of all of your filth, cleansing you of your sin, taking a dead man and making him alive through the power of God. That's what Coram Deo says to the unbeliever. To repent and to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior this very day. Because I promise you this, He's here. You can fool this preacher. You can fool the believers around you. But if you're an unbeliever here today and you are lost in your sin, you will not fool a holy God who is ever-present and all-knowing. You won't fool Him. You're not fooling Him now. You're fooling yourself. Many people will spend an eternity in hell who did a really good job of fooling other people and even fooling themselves that they were truly born again when they weren't born again at all. When you hear His voice this day, do not harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Be saved from your sin today, unbeliever. Jesus loved you. He came to this earth to die for you. When you hear His voice, you will know that He is your Master calling you out of darkness and into light today. Repent and to turn to Him and Him alone. So to the unbeliever, there should be great conviction in regard to Coram Deo. But for the believer, there should be great comfort. There should be great comfort for the believer. There should be great confidence for the believer. There should be great peace for the believer. And there should be great joy in knowing that our ever-present God sees everything. And the most important thing that he can see about Kirk is this. That Kirk Hall has been covered in the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Oh, we should rejoice this morning because when God, who sees all and knows all, watch this, when He sees me, He does not see the wicked man who I used to be when I was an unbeliever. But when He sees me, He sees the marvelous righteousness of Jesus Christ that has been imputed to me. When God sees me, He no longer sees the enemy that I once was, the sinner that I once was, the wicked person in opposition to His holiness. He sees the Christ and His righteousness that has been given unto me. Oh, Coram Deo should cause the believer to first of all rejoice. Then it should cause the believer to repent of anything in your life that does not look like Jesus. Anything in your life that is in opposition to a holy God. And to know this, that because you are a believer and the Spirit does indwell you and empower you, you can now live in obedience to the things that you once could not live in obedience to. The commands of God for the glory of God. Coram Deo to the believer reminds them that He will never leave us. He will never 
forsake us. It reminds us of what the psalmist said in Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength. An ever-present help in our times of trouble. Isn't it good to know, believer, that He'll never leave us, He'll never forsake us. He is our ever-present help in time of trouble. When you get that phone call that you didn't want to get. When the world is stricken with a pandemic that we didn't want. When things get tough and we don't like it. When we lose our job or we get laid off. Or when situations come and, and, and persecution comes and suffering comes. We as believers have great hope, don't we? We have great hope in Coram Deo. That yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, His rod, His staff, they comfort me. Why? Because He's all-knowing. He's ever-present. Coram Deo. He's there with me. And I'm living my life in the face and in the presence and the view of God. And oh, what a comfort that is. Because at one time, I was cut off from an intimate walk with God through Jesus Christ. But now because of Christ, because of His blood, I have been given access to the throne room of God where I can confidently come, boldly come, Scripture says, in my time of need, I can approach His throne. So where are you here today in regard to Coram Deo? Are you living your life before God as an unbelieving sinner? Let me tell you this. Every sin that you have ever committed, every thought, every wicked and heinous act that you have conjured up in your depraved mind, you will give an account for apart from Jesus Christ as an unbeliever. And God knows and He sees every single one of them. And they will all be charged to your account on Judgment Day. But for the believer, remember this. Our account has been wiped clean. Our balance is zero. And the precious blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all of our sin. We will rule and reign in God's presence and with God because of what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross. Live your life, Christian, in Coram Deo, in the face of God, knowing that there is nothing you can hide from Him. Unbeliever, this very day, recognize the fact that you have been living your life in the face of God and He sees and He knows everything. Today, repent of your sin and trust in Jesus Christ to save you from your sin. That is the only hope that you have. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your Word because it's true. God, I pray for the unbeliever who's here right now, who is being convicted by Your Spirit, that he or she is in need of redemption this morning, that they need to be saved and washed and cleansed of their sin, that they need Jesus Christ's atoning sacrifice to be applied personally to them this very day. I pray right now that Your Spirit would draw them out of darkness and into light. God, I pray for the believer who's here today, who's in their flesh, thinking that they're hiding something from God today, that they would confess and repent of those things, knowing that You are faithful and just to forgive them of those sins and to cleanse them from all unrighteousness. But today, Lord, we ask that Your Holy Spirit move in our midst and remind us of Coram Deo, the fact that we will live not one single moment on this earth out of Your presence and out of Your knowledge. May You convict the sinner with that information. May You comfort the believer this morning with that same truth. We give You glory for what You're going to do. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.